you live from a hotel room in the deep south. Sorry to our video folks, this is my bedroom. And it's also Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Oh, shoot. Brandon's starting off real inappropriate uh, for our Patreon <laughs> video viewers. Uh, thank you to everyone tuning in. Welcome to Interdimensional RSS. I'm Travis. And I'm Brandon. Thank you so much for joining us. Even the people who pay money for that. For exactly Brandon, Brandon is on the road, but he doesn't let uh, travel time slow him down. So so he brought all of his podcasting stuff, and he is, he is cooped up in a hotel room, uh, complete with... Logi detergent on the nightstand, uh, uh, ready ready to bring you the the finest in Rick and Morty podcast entertainment. So thank you so much for joining us. I got we're, I got to tell one and all that this is the most uncomfortable I've ever been recording a podcast. <laughs> you can you, I mean you have prime prime <laughs> shot at my my junk, which there isn't much of, uh, but it's there. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is. This is a whole new sort of peek behind the curtain uh, into into how you live your ho- at least your life on the in the hotel room, Brandon. Yeah, that's uh, right. but hey, let's 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 get the important stuff out of the way first. Uh, if, if you're not following us on social media yet, there are several ways you can do that o- over on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod, uh, Rick and Morty Podcast is our subreddit. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Rick and Morty Podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, or send us an email with your thoughts on, um, I know, Brandon's lifestyle, his his t-shirt selection. I don't know. Whatever you want to talk about in an email at rickandmortypodcast at gmail.com. I think we have one t-shirt left over at Public. If you go to apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop, you can, you can find that. Uh, and the real prize... Uh, for everyone supporting this show financially over at patreon.com slash rickandmortypod, $1 gets you access to our Discord where you can chat with us about just about anything you need. Uh, but the $5 tier gets you things like video versions of episodes so that you can see exactly what's going on uh, in Brandon's hotel room. Uh, or you can see the noob noob mask that I got at the Rickmobile. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, those, those sorts of things. Uh, one one yeah, of those so- is much more exciting than the other. And I will let you in on a little secret. It's, it's not the noob noob mask. It is, <laughs> it is my belly. Also, oh, if yes. you, if you head on, if you, if you do subscribe to the $5, you will find such interesting content as a lens in Patreon where I am on the elliptical, doing elliptical stuff, and talking to you, the yeah, wonderful get, people who listen to this podcast. Get after it. Thank you so much to all of our patrons <laughs> uh, for, for helping keep the show going. Uh, and without further ado, uh, as we, we have now moved into season two reviews, uh, it's it's an exciting time. We're, we're going to get back into a flow here. But the the first thing that we always have to cover on this show is semi-pertinent news. Semi-pertinent news. Semi-pertinent news. Semi-pertinent what? It's news. It's news time today. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Brandon. Thank you yeah. for everything that you are. Uh, <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah. yeah. Let's do uh, it. We Let's... we have news. We have news to talk about. Uh, first up, Solar Opposites has been picked up by Hulu, 
Uh, did you catch wind of this this news over on the Twitter sphere, Brandon? I did, as a matter of fact. I saw that Mike McMahon tweeted uh, an image, and I think I think Royland may have tweeted an image image as well. Uh, yeah. Which Solar Opposites is a show that uh, Royland and, and he were working on before, and were trying to get picked up by Fox. But Hulu was like, "Hey, we're Hulu Tastic, and 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 uh, we'll, we'll do our it standards are lower." No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Castle Rock is really really great. So, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a side that's a side podcast. That's a Stephen King podcast that I'm that I'm working on. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> no, like, you, like you're not spread thin enough. Oh, jeez. Like <laughs> butter spread <laughs> out over too much bread uh yeah but yeah justin roiland and mike mcmahon uh that dynamic uh animation duo bringing you a show um the animation style looks very similar to uh everything else justin roiland has worked on um including rick and morty uh but these are some aliens that basically they live on earth right and yeah i don't know that's the general synopsis i got I i didn't get too much more out of it um I think I think it's yeah. like uh, Third Rock from the Sun mixed with Alf, mixed with a little bit of um, uh, Big Bang Theory. No, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't insult it like that. Uh, but it, it, it's it's basically aliens who lived on Earth, and uh, I mean we don't all know the, much all the about zany plot. mix-ups that they get into. I'm yeah. sure it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm, it, I'm it, sure. it may get me to resubscribe to Hulu. I don't know that that and wanting to catch up on uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> Those those would be the two reasons. All right, great. Uh, moving on, Travis. Thanks for that wonderful segue. Another thing that that's coming up is Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons trade comic book. And hey, oh fuck, this is a really cool <laughs> thing. It may have an adventure mod in it. Yeah, and- yeah. We we talked about the comic, the D and D crossover last episode, but this is like new developments that we're continuing yes. with this story. As as Travis and I are are busy trying to get our our D and D chops up to speed, and we're we're trying to do a campaign. Travis is trying to DM. Uh, total and- noobs. To- total noobs. Uh, me and total my noob noobs. Me, uh, me and my friend John over there arguing with each other about if if dwarves are more racist than tieflings. Uh, this is exciting. the the whole The whole adventure module of Rick and Morty, as we get spun up on D anD D, like I, I think that we could do something with it in the I, future. I, it, it's fate, Brandon. It's it's been predestined. Like so so, uh, according to. Uh, the website let me it's available was that march 29th 2019 yeah uh is when this trade paperback will be out uh it's quote module to play the events of the comic as your next dd campaign so that gives us that gives us a solid like six months to to kind of get up to speed to to kind of get used to this whole idea of doing D &D. and uh and then yeah we could totally try to run a Rick and Morty D&D campaign. I, th- I think that would be a lot of fun. We could make it like bonus episodes or something. Yeah. So long as I can transfer Healy Dan over. That, <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what matters to me. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, well, if you're really into D&D and, uh, and Rick and Morty, then definitely 
check out the new comics as they come out or we'll do that and then also buy the trade paperback um i like the uh the other thing the um the alternate cover that they they previewed that has uh morty's character, character sheet. sheet yeah that's yeah. pretty cool looking too that's so that's so that's so cool uh travis I wanna I wanna switch gears here. I wanna switch it into twelfth gear. And I want you in your infinite wisdom and musical ability to present our next segment of semi pertinent news. And that is the Dan Harmon Instagram minute. Until he goes back to Twitter, it's it's all you. Bye. That's the Dan Harmon Instagram minute. Where you <laughs> get Instagram instead of Twitter. Tweeting it. <laughs> Instagram minutes. That's fantastic. Hey, you're Beep. you're better at you're better at this than you you ever thought you would be, man. Yeah. I'm proud I'm a, of you. I'm a, I'm a big like you know, uh, improv jingle shark where I I lure <laughs> you in thinking I'm bad, and by the end I'll be hitting the high notes or something. I don't know. It's the I first time notes. I've ever heard of I don't a jingle know shark. Jingle, jingle shark. shark. <laughs> uh yeah uh so with the dan Harmon instagram minute in he sent out some pictures and it's the first yeah, round of recordings from the recording say, booths he is being very open with the development of season four more so than i i feel like he ever was with season three um and i don't know if it's an instagram thing i don't know like what it is but he is he's sharing a lot um right now on instagram and it's really cool like he's shown some stuff from like writers rooms and stuff like that but this last this last couple weeks he showed um an image from inside the recording booth uh and with a caption about um it being the first round of recordings for season four uh and again it's just one of those things where it's really encouraging to see really exciting to see that you know they're coming along with the show they're they seem to be working at at a really rapid pace but I I I don't know. Like, we're we're still pre animation right now. I I know if they're recording, then they've got to they got to have at least a script that they're recording, right? Uh, yeah. So maybe there's some animatics going around. I don't know. Maybe we should uh, reach reach out to our our contacts and and uh, <laughs> and abuse those relationships uh, that we have already. Um, but yeah, it's 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 cool to see, and hopefully he will continue to share um, more from uh, developing the show going forward that's right that's right uh, i i know that that's usually our last segment of semi-pertinent news but i just i want to throw this little bit out there that we didn't cover and that is for the adult swim festival in october it was announced it was announced that on the sunday october 7th i think whatever that whatever that sunday is yeah uh, our fr- friend of the show ryan elder the composer for Rick and Morty is going to host a however many piece orchestra live to an episode of Rick and Morty that Sunday night. And, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be there. Travis may or may not be there. Uh, but, uh, it's going to, it's going to be super cool. I'm super stoked about it. And maybe, you know, in the future, uh, when, when Travis, uh, finds the, the will and the perseverance to do it, uh he will be there with me and also it's, make it's, me not as codependent it's it's not about the will it's about 
uh, the finances because like my garage door just broke <laughs> and real life things happen. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, support the show on Patreon <laughs> and uh, maybe you'll <laughs> see me out there October 7th. Get Travis out there, guys. Come on. Come on, Unity. Help him get out there so I'm not alone and crying in a, in a bathroom stall. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. That's it for that's it for semi pertinent news. Uh, it is time for the the moment you've all been waiting for. It is time for the main thing. It's the main thing. Main thing. When did you when did when did you get Beyonce to start doing our? Our, our segment intros is so good. Well, I I talked to Ryan Elder for a little bit, and he's like, "Hey, I know somebody who could really do a good job on your intros." I said, "Who?" And he said, "Beyonce." I said, "Bring her in." And so Beyonce and I just talked. We we talked over uh, some some uh, protein oatmeal, and uh, you know we just hit it off. And and she's like, "Yeah, I'll do this for you for free." <laughs> uh, you just lead the way, Travis. You just lead the way. Okay, so episode 201, uh, the first episode of season two, A Rickle in Time. Uh, we get real heavy-handed with the Rick puns in season two. Um, written by Matt Roller, directed by Wes Archer. Originally aired July 26, 2015. Uh, Brandon, do you want to hit us with the synops? Oh, I'll hit, I'll hit you with the synops. Oh, yeah. I'll hit you with a synopsis indeed. Six months after Rick froze time in the episode Rixie Business, Rick unfreezes time again. But after being outside of it for so long, they begin to start splintering time into two different realities. And maybe more. <laughs> Beth and Jerry eat ice cream, and Beth inconveniences a bunch of strangers because she is insecure. Thank you, Reddit, for the synopsis. Yes, wonderful stuff. Uh, before we get into some of the other discussion points, uh, I mean, I rewatched this episode. I'm assuming you've rewatched it recently as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. What 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 are your what are your thoughts on uh, just generally about this episode? Did you did you enjoy it overall? Did you think it was a strong season premiere uh, coming off of their initial season? Uh, what what I really really liked about the episode is that it continues on right after a Rixie business. Like it, there's, there's no, there's no real pause to it. It just goes straight into it. And I, I think that's really cool. And uh, if you go to our Reddit discussion post about it, uh, which I stole from the, the Reddit guys before uh, it talks about how um, they were basically doing, they were working on both of the episodes in, in conjunction with each other. Uh, so there was that real feel of consistency between them. Uh, and also, you know, there's, there's all time stuff, which we always talk about, you know, time travel shelved. And, and I, I, I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm going based off of my, uh, my values and my convictions, I still say that I still say that it's, it's uh, time travel is shelved, uh, but you know, whatever. I, I, I still think it's, it's such a, the amount of work they put into this shit is mind-boggling. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me when I think back to this episode is, like, 
the animators when they probably got like just the rough the rough draft of how this was going to go down were probably freaking out <laughs> over how much stuff they'd have to draw and how many things they'd have to redraw. And it's, it is a really interesting episode to go back and watch and try to watch differently uh, than the previous times you've watched it where you're like, okay, I'm going to watch this quarter of the screen on this <laughs> right. scene to see what happens or, Oh, I, Oh, I didn't notice that that particular Morty was doing something different than these other ones and things like that. So, uh, and, and, and the time and effort that went into making all of those things happen, uh, is, is really something, uh, that should be applauded. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I would agree with you that time travel is a, a touchy subject when it comes to the show, but, uh, it's it's not something that's done regularly by Rick and Morty themselves. So the introduction the introduction of these the introduction uh, the introduction of these like <laughs> testicle headed uh, fourth dimensional beings um, is sort of like a, a an interesting way to kind of get around that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's it's a very very interesting episode. It has has a lot of heart in it. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a good episode and um, I definitely had fun going back and watching it again. The, 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 the Reddit thread also talks about, uh, you probably haven't seen this movie called the Langoliers and this it's based off a of Stephen King story back in the day. And it has Bronson Pinchot from Buzz, uh, perfect strangers who used to play Balky Bartokamas. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, uh, and, and and the whole thing is like these people are on a plane and they go back, they they land, but they're like kind of back in time, but everything's stale and there's no one else around. And then uh, there's these things called the Langoliers, which are basically in the in the TV movie look like big ass pack Pac Man monsters that are <laughs> that are basically eating time. So you can't you can't really time travel because these Langoliers eat time, so there's never any excess time <laughs> in the past. Right. Uh, yeah. And so Reddit was talking about how the testicle monsters are kind of modeled after the Langoliers. And uh, so I, I, thought that, I thought that was interesting, uh, just that aspect of it, uh, especially since I just watched yeah, Castle I mean, Rock. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's it fresh in your mind, the, the idea of that. Uh, yeah, I believe it or not, I have actually heard the premise of the Langoliers. I've heard, I've heard oh. the, uh, yeah, I'm not completely in the dark on your references. <laughs> At least not this time. Bronson uh, Pinchot. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect strangers. I, I get that reference just fine. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I thought it, I thought it was interesting. I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't want them to become recurring characters necessarily. Uh, but I, I do think that they provide an interesting element in the fact that they're trying to like keep time together, like fix, fix the mistakes that, that Rick, Morty and Summer have made with time. And the fact that there's the existence of a time prison that they're going to get sent to, um, was yeah. also pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, voice, voice by Peel and Key. Keep in mind. <laughs> oh yes. I, I put that backwards because I'm you going did. back in time. That's right, a a a Ron. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's get in, let's get into some of these discussion questions or discussion sure. points real quick. Uh, and yeah. this this first one has to do with the quote unquote B plot, but it asks, "What do you think Beth's motivations were regarding the deer incident? What was she trying to prove, and to who? And does 
this tiny insight into Beth's character reveal anything about her? Oh, that's that's oh. deep. So, so the the uh, if you haven't watched the show recently or this episode recently, uh, their their way of getting rid of Jerry and Beth. Uh, because if they touch them, they would like fracture time or, or spin out into some other reality, uh, is to give, uh, Jerry like $500 and send them off to get ice cream. Uh, so they spend like $480 at Coldstone and then hit a deer. Uh, one of my favorite lines uh, from this scene is, <laughs> is when Jerry asks, uh, Beth to say that she was driving cause he was eating rum raisin ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> really hitting the hard stuff jerry um but yeah and so uh beth uh the the deer is not dead and so uh beth and jerry take it to a local uh vet where beth begins doing surgery on it trying to save the deer's life uh, and it gets into like an interesting legal battle because the deer had been shot previously by a hunter and so the hunter was claiming he owned the deer and there was all this stuff and um, I thought it was an amusing kind of side story that was going on at the same time. Yeah, you know, the, the, this this time around watching the episode, I got caught in the legal ramifications of the, the deer. <laughs> I was like, well, if if the hunter owns the deer, then why can't he just stop the surgery at any point in time? Like, why? Like, how how does that how does that work? Like, hey, well, why is she? how can she be fixing the deer if clearly it belongs to him? That's not how that, that's not how that works. Like he's saying he claims ownership, but she's still going like that's, that's probably a lawsuit waiting to happen. And I mean, that's it, what, it is, that's, but it, like Beth, Beth isn't going to be like, she's in that state where she's like, so fired up to try and save this deer. She's not going to allow any law of man to, to dictate what she's, what 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 is her uh you know natural right in in healing this this beast um oh. that and i think she just okay. wanted to prove she could do it okay okay but now but now let's let's get to the end of that the, the b plot right where where jerry comes in he's like oh the servine institute is going to is going to take it right in, by helicopter well if it take if you if you're taking that deer out of the county well you can't take it out of the county because it belongs to that hunter right there's yeah. there's something there like you can't take the deer away because it it <laughs> belongs to this hunter in this county you can't take the servine institute even though it's a cold stone creamery yeah you can't yeah. do that uh here's, so that here, really bothers the, me and, and dan Harmon needs to fix his shit Ans answer these questions answer for these <laughs> these issues these plot holes dan these uh, plot holes <laughs> um Getting back to the actual discussion point, though, like, oh, why do yeah, you think? Right. <laughs> why do you think Beth was so insistent on trying to to fix the deer? Well, well, I mean, I mean, she. she the second part of the question is, what was she trying to prove and to who? I, I, I think she's just trying to prove it to herself, you know, and and trying to and trying to say, hey, Jerry, uh, just because deers have different anatomy slightly. Because they have horns and horses don't doesn't mean that I can't do it. I mean, we all have we all have buttholes, you know. Like I know what a butthole looks like. Sure, yeah, maybe it looks a little bit different than a deer butthole, but I know what it looks like. And, and so I, I think that's what what she's trying to do. 
I, I get the sense that Beth has always had this issue with feeling like she's limited or that she's uh, she doesn't want to feel like she's not capable of more than what she is. Uh, so the fact that she's a horse surgeon and not a person surgeon or anything like that, like that she's specifically a horse surgeon uh, and Jerry has given her a hard time for that before. And she's been offended by that. Like, and then it, at the beginning of the episode when like, she's like, I can fix him. And Jerry's like, but you're a horse surgeon. It's almost like that's all that it takes for her to be like, don't put me in a box. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Like I'm saving. And then also then all of the other people that come up against her the vet who's like i'm sorry miss like you know that you're not a real <laughs> surgeon or whatever like all this stuff like uh the hunter kind of getting in the way of trying to stop her from being able to do it these these all just kind of add in motivation to her being like trying to prove it not only to herself but to everyone that was within earshot that that she was capable of of fixing the deer and and let and let's and let's I agree with that. Let's talk about Jerry for a second in this situation, right? Because the whole catalyst behind this chain of events is Jerry saying, "But you're a horse surgeon," and 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 it, and it's not him saying like she's incapable of doing it. Just that her specialty is in horses and not deer, yeah, yeah. right? And and and, and I and, so and I whole, think yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, basically, like, Jerry's not disparaging her. He's not demeaning her. Uh, he's not saying that she's not capable of doing it. He's actually super supportive of her that we see, you know, in the very end. Uh, and even when he, you know, the uh, she has to sign over the deer to the Servine Institute saying that uh, she she has to have another surgeon take care of the deer because she's incapable. And he's like... We won, or or whatever that line <laughs> is, right? Like even yeah. even in that moment, he knows that he's doing the right thing, but he's still like playing to Beth's insecurity and be like, "Please don't yell at me. Just yeah. just give me like twenty more minutes, and I'll show you that I'm doing the right thing." Well, and I, I think that's the interesting thing about Jerry in the situation is his intentions are never to offend Beth. I don't think uh, he's just kind of processing the situations as he understands them and in the end we see that it's really through jerry's caring about beth and her desire to to see this through that that she's able to do it like that he's he develops this whole fake servine institute through the generous tip that he gave the Coldstone folks, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, let it be noted that these these lights won't last long. They're they're just intended for basic ice cream work, uh, uh, which is one of another one of my favorite lines. Um, but yeah, and that that she's able to then uh, take the time that she needs to fix the deer, and uh, they have that whatever I don't know what that song that is that oh. I, oh I. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an elder song. It has to be yeah. an elder song. Um, but it's it's pretty great. And so uh yeah, I don't know. I think I think it was just a good way for Beth to work through that and and maybe um them grow a little bit closer together in that moment, uh, before they're uh ripped away, ripped apart later in the season. Their their eventual uh separation. Exactly. Um Okay, next next question, Travis. Do you feel certain parts of the episode 
such as Rick's dismissal of Morty and Summer as equally insignificant, as well as Rick's immediate distrust of himself contradict some of the plot points, say, during Council of Rick's or Closer Encounters of the Rick kind? Ah, um, interesting, interesting. Um, I, I don't. Do you, I, I do you, I, I, I think Rick talks a bigger game about himself in general than he truly believes or feels all the time. Um, it, it becomes very commonplace for Rick to say certain things about himself or his relationships and then exhibit behaviors that don't completely align with what he's saying so when he says something to the extent of you know oh i could care less about you or like you're don't you're not necessarily like anything special to me um he then goes and shows that is that that's not really how he feels he makes sacrifices for morty in this episode he does things uh that are not in line with what he's saying but a lot of the time, he, the things that he's saying are probably how he feels about certain elements of the situation, or it's or it's in a, or it's in a situation where he can uh, establish some sort of dominance or 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 put Morty and Summer <laughs> in their place and be like, maybe you know, like realistically, it's it's his weird backwards way of being like, I love both my grandkids the same, right? Because I think you're both insignificant <laughs> equally. Um, and maybe that's just his way of getting them to shut up and, and try to fix the situation with time fracturing all around them. Yeah. Well, and cause it goes, especially right after Rixie business at the very end of that episode is, Oh, I love my grandkids. Just kidding. You know, like, like he's, he's obviously feeling close to them, spending time with them. He's showing in his actions. He, he cares about them. Uh, but then he treats him like shit, like with a red green grumble uh, line, right? Uh, you really Classic. are your father's children. Uh, Learn to think for it, yourself, sheep. Whatever he said, yeah. He's 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 treating him like crap, but when it really comes down to it, and it's it's such a an extremely toxic behavior to do it. Like he he does love them, right? Like saying like you're an asshole. But then, like giving you a hug and kiss later, is is very, you know, it, the whole episode re- relies on the uh, uncertainty, right? And and between Rixie business and this, I, I mean, Rick does nothing but show those two kids <laughs> uh, uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm oh. always a hundred percent sure of everything that I do. Except uh, give, me the, the give me the flathead. I mean, <laughs> standard. Oh God! Yeah. Wow! Ah, and then it all rips apart. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, final discussion point from Reddit: one sixty fourth of Rick, uh, or the one sixty fourth of Rick that chose to pray real hard had a polarizing effect on the fan base. Some thought it was poignant, but others thought it was totally out of character. What are your thoughts on this? Ooh. Ooh, let's get into a religious question, Brandon. Oh, okay. Well, we've all heard about there are no atheists in foxholes. Well, I think that Rick and Morty is pointing out this saying in the final moments of the episode. You see, 
even though Rick doesn't believe in God, what happened faced with <laughs> fa- faced with mortality, he decides, you know what? It's best I pray to God. Once he realizes, oh uh, shit, I saved myself, he no longer believes in God. Atheists and foxholes. Am I right? High five. Boop. Who did you just high five? <laughs> Uh, you know what the, the the shitty part about that is I on the video I high five the part where there was nobody and I could have easily <laughs> gone to the other side. Where... Yeah, I'm over here. I'm over here. <laughs> Good. Uh, that's a special treat uh, for the video, folks. Uh, yeah, no, I I think it is interesting. It is something that stuck out to me uh, it, with this episode. Um, and I think it's probably common behavior for uh even whether the people consider themselves religious or not like uh, when they're when they're caught up in like a really difficult time sometimes you will grasp at anything that you think might help uh the thing that i find uh, particularly interesting in this is him like calling out to god and being like please like just whatever you can do to help save me and then right after doing that seeing the other caller and seeing that like evidence of like help and instead of being like, thanks, God, thanks for helping me, immediately he's like, F you, God, I'm going to save myself, like, and giving, giving whatever higher power has, has, has provided the assistance, uh, zero credit whatsoever in, in this situation, uh, which I think is, is very in character for Rick. Um, yeah. and, and regardless of, of who he needs to go to for help, um, once, once he can find his own way out of the situation, he he will abandon that help um <laughs> pre- pretty often uh so yeah i i don't know there's there's been a few times where where rick has really pushed the like he's a god situation uh in in the series but this was a i think talking about the no atheists in foxholes analogy i i think that's what the writers were going for in that situation is even even rick uh with with nothing left to turn to uh, we'll, we'll potentially try to, to grasp at anything. Yeah. It, it, uh, and just a side point with something Rick at this way comes, Rick obviously has dealt with the devil. And so, you know, there's, there's a contradiction or a uh, conflict there with like, he he's okay with believing that there's a devil out there somewhere, uh, going from town to town, needful thingsings, everything. By the way, uh, Castle Rock on Hulu. Uh, but he he's less inclined to be like, ah, oh, yeah, there's a there's a, a positive, uh, God out there who who sure. would help support us. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe because there's it, no evidence of him in in Rick and Morty. That's his thing. Yeah. He's evidence based. Yeah, it's season four, seventy episodes to go. They're gonna have to write something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. So, so those are all of the Reddit discussion points, and uh, uh, we we also have uh, thanks to uh, Dominic Cobb on Twitter. Uh, we have some some listener uh, feedback for this episode. So, thank you for your thoughts uh, over on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod. Uh, he he dropped three little thought nuggets for us three uh, first up nuggets. first up uh jerry spent 480 dollars at coldstone using unmarked bills uh bank money for cookie swap um 
I, I don't fully get that reference. Uh, help it, me out, it, Brandon. If, if Rick gave him $500, he spent $480 at Cold Stone. That's, yeah. well, that, that, what is that's he a do hell with of the a other tip. 20? That's a hell of a tip. Well, Beth even <laughs> says they don't sing any louder uh, the more you tip or whatever like that. Like, <laughs> uh, um, uh, the fact that, that, that Jerry would drop that kind of cash uh, just to see a better uh, Cold Stone cheer. Uh, that's so ba- that's so Jerry. That's that's quintessential Jerry, right? That's there. that's so Jerry. Uh, I've never had rum raisin either, uh, so maybe maybe that's why he paid extra. I don't know. I don't know. I, I drove usually to go three different ice cream stores last night. Uh, so <laughs> let's not get into my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for apathetic enthusiasm. <laughs> At Apathusius on Twitter. Um, okay, all right. The, the second, the second part is testicle monster says, "Talk to you later." Even though he transcends space and time. Oh, mm. um, he's a fourth he, dimensional being. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for this other than it's general I mean, English. How uh, how <laughs> how would you, how would you say that? Like, how would a fourth dimensional being say that? Right? Would he be like, "Talk to you." Now, <laughs> would it yeah, be like I, a like a, a spaceballs type thing, or like then, or or the future is now? We're yeah, then. I don't know. Uh, like the way I have to kind of wrap my head around it is like, okay, so fourth dimension for him, he can move through time the same way that we move through space, sort of, right? So, like he uses some bubble to get around, but. If I was to meet you at the store, uh, I would say, see you at the store or see you there, right? And mm-hmm. for him, time is is another plane that he can move through much like we would uh, three-dimensional space. So maybe him saying, talk to you later, is, is again, maybe like that... relative. It's relative, right. Like he, he will talk to you later, but it's not the same sense like he could go and be there right now, but maybe he's not going to. Maybe he's going to be there later or like or he's like almost like that's a meeting spot where I'm going to talk to you again. <laughs> I will talk to you later. I'm not. He may have also said I'll talk to you earlier or something. Yeah. Like that. I don't know. Like, like maybe, maybe this is later. my way. This is my way of trying to excuse a general <laughs> English phrase being used by a. A time traveling testicle monster. Maybe later is like a coffee shop down in Portland. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe like I'll I'll see I'll talk to you later. And is what he really means is, yeah, hey, make make sure you order me a caramel uh, macchiato, and you know I'll pay I'll pay next time. You get me next time, and uh, or I mean you get me this time, and I'll get you next time. Next maybe. time, time. What are the, what are these? What are these? <laughs> What are these? Uh, oh, oh, God! These okay, mean God. nothing and, to a four-dimensional being. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. All right. How, how, how do how do Rick and Morty know it's been six months since time was frozen, Travis? Uh, I think again that the name of the game here is relative or relative time. Okay. Um, I, th- it, I think like, for it's them like it's Unix. six months. It's like in Unix, there's like relative paths and uh, direct paths. So like you know you have you have your C directory, right? 
And you could be like C <laughs> slash program files slash a video game, uh, StarCraft. We'll just say StarCraft. C program files, StarCraft. But in Unix, you do the relative path and you just, you just do like the, the slash StarCraft and it gets you exactly there because it comes from root all the way to the... Maybe it's like that. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it just feels like it's been six months for them. Um, okay. Obviously, you don't have the passage of time with the sun rising and falling and, and so on and so forth. But uh, maybe maybe Rick has a time watch or, you know, oh. a special crystal in it or something. I don't know. But um, I think it's just a good way for the writers to, to give the audience an idea of like it hasn't it hasn't been like five minutes since they you know stop it's 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 the same as like with the question um that i had about the finale from season one like how were they able to watch the movie titanic while time was frozen because wouldn't the movie be frozen right like how could they watch a movie if time was frozen because yeah they the movie would have to advance somehow so and- uh I think it's a, I think it's a loose thing with the whole freezing time, and maybe they they were able to somehow track the six months that they spent vacuuming dad and not putting a mattress <laughs> under the neighbor. <laughs> I mean, so uh, going back to answer your question about the the freezing of time and and how does the Titanic continue if time is frozen? The answer is you just got to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Frozen. Let it go. No, it's, I get it's a frozen reference. I just a, don't know how that's It's a hit track rel- from the movie Frozen. <laughs> sung by that uh, one guy who sings uh, a, Let It Go. A, Adele Dazeem. Oh, yeah, no, uh, that's not a guy. Sorry. No. I mean, maybe. Okay. Uh I do I do so so there you go. That answers the question about the, the relative six months frozen time. Uh, Travis, favorite bits? Go. Oh, shoot. I, I like the gun that looks like a slug. Yeah, which has um, a foreskin, evidently. Oh, well, sure. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite bits is a post credit scene when they're jumping through time looking for Rick, and they end up finding Albert Einstein and beating yeah. him up. And telling him to stop messing with time, and then he goes, "I will mess with time," and writes e equals mc squared <laughs> up on the up on the chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really like Jerry making fun of of their callers at the end, and just Beth just laugh just laughing her ass off about it. It's just like like oh hey a table for Lady Gaga oh and and Rick's like and Morty or whoever is like. It hurts, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it does. <laughs> it hurts a lot. And then he says something. He he says like, "Are you guys riding a motorcycle?" It, it, and Jerry just gets more and more absurd about the collar jokes, and they make less sense if you listen to them. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. It's, uh... it's, 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 I, 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 but anyways, I, I like it because it shows Jerry. You know. Really is a charmer with Beth. Sometimes. Yeah, he's dropping he's dropping those dad jokes with the best of them. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Any other bits I really enjoy? Um. I like that they cage Rick, and then Rick like calls himself and leaves for voicemails, and then just breaks out of the cage. Like he could have done that all along, but he wanted to prove a point 
to to like who well, comes out sure of consciousness? Certain. Who comes out of being unconscious and immediately like thinks I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a teaching moment for my grandkids? <laughs> uh, I the. We, we we talk we talk about the animation and how hard it must have been to animate the the show, but like when it comes back from the break and Rick's in that cage, and Summer and Morty are in different positions in all four of those frames, I was just thinking like God that is they they basically had to quadruple the amount of animation that they had to do it at yeah. some point in time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously you can keep the same backgrounds and stuff like that, but you got to draw each one of those. Like that that all takes time and to get it in sync. And like some of the really impressive stuff is like the fight scenes where, uh, where like the Ricks are, are all fighting the the time monsters. Like, and so he's reacting to like punches from different Ricks on different timelines and stuff. Like that's, that's the parts where I sit back and go, dang, this, this show is ambitious yeah exactly (laughs) agreed wholeheartedly all right well uh travis do you have anything you have any final thoughts on on the episode uh no overall i think it's it's a really unique episode um uh this is the episode where we get all of the schrodinger's cats that you can find on literally like every piece of merchandise that you you buy (laughs) uh, for rick and morty i don't know why those cats have become so synonymous with with product packaging but um there they are uh yeah and and otherwise uh good episode and a a good start to season two yeah that's right i i completely agree with you on on the episode going back to it and rewatching it i just again just so amazed by it and uh realized just how talented everyone is that that works on the show to to push this out and uh in the in the reddit it talks about how this is this episode is one of the reasons why perhaps season three took so long to get out uh because of the amount of work that they put into it uh pushed them uh, pushed them back a little bit could have been could have been yeah um all right well those are our thoughts on this episode If, if you didn't get a chance to to send us your thoughts uh, we, we'd still love to hear what you think about this episode. Um, let us know uh, which, which parts are your favorite, anything that you feel uh, maybe you disagree with on, on, what, on what we said. Um, and then kind of skip, skip ahead to uh, season two, episode two. Uh, start getting your rewatch on uh, so that you can hit us with your comments uh, from that episode, which I haven't actually done my homework and I don't know which episode it is. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Cover for I, me, Brandon, I, while I Google. Uh, I don't actually know what it is off the top of my head either. It's uh, it's not the fart episode, is it? Oh god! Oh god! I didn't do I didn't do my homework, Travis. Stop! Stop googling. Uh, morning night run. Yeah, morning night run. It is. Hey, all right. Yeah, good job. I'm so good I'm job. so good. I'm so good. So good. So good. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so th- there's it again. Let us know what you thought. Rick and Morty Pod. Send us an email. Rick Morty Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, now it's time, Travis, for our one of our favorite segments. It's called Listener Suggestions and Short Outs. Or brought boop. to you by Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty Podcast. <laughs> uh, we have no we have no new emails, so we put that on you, Unity. 
that is your fault. We, <laughs> we're not taking credit for no emails. So if you want yeah. us to read yeah. the email, by all means. Rick and Morty podcast at gmail.com. Hit us with those emails. Send- I, I love getting emails because honestly, they uh, n- not a ton of people send the emails, but when they do, they're usually quality stuff. So thank you guys so much uh, for those of you that have sent us some emails in the past. Yes, that 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 is that is right. That is right. Uh, we we have a we have a, we do have a new review. Uh, it was on August twenty fourth, twenty eighteen, by Jen Kraut. I think it's twenty fourth August. We didn't we didn't release a new episode twenty fourth August before, right? Probably no. not. No, no, because I, I was in I'm in I'm in Alabama now, and I got here on the twenty second. Uh, <laughs> the the review is titled "Too Much Yet Not Enough." And it just simply says "wubba lubba dub dub," which, Ooh, as you know, in third person means international RSS. The unofficial Rick and Morty podcast <laughs> is the greatest. Ooh, and then it's a like loose a- translation. It's it's close. I'm pretty sure that that's close. Yeah, it depends uh, on. The well, thank you for that review. I don't know where you found that because I missed that one apparently as I was writing the outline for our episode. <laughs> um, it's on it's on Apple Podcasts. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a review for this show. Thank you so much uh, to everyone that has done that. There are a lot of you that have left a review for this show. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you for keeping us at five stars. Uh, we, I mean, I'm, I'm flattered, frankly. Flatter, uh, flattered, flattergasted is flattergasted. what we is what we called it. Uh, <laughs> finally, uh, a special short out uh, for at Animated TV Blog. Uh, they are constantly retweeting our tweets over on Twitter, um, liking just about everything we post and retweeting a lot of that stuff. So uh, if you want some some sweet tweets about uh, TV animation and things like that, uh, check out Animated TV Blog because uh, they keep they keep sending our stuff out, uh, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, don't we all don't we all appreciate it? Hey, you know, take a take a second out of this podcast. You know, maybe press pause for one second and just clap your hands. Clap your hands for animated TV blog. Go, go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and do it. I'm wait, I'm if waiting. You're on a bus. If you're in a public place, maybe you're at yeah. work. Just clap, clap one time. Clap, 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 clap. Um, you, you said you said finally, Travis. But we do have one more thing that we want to point out. We want to send a shout out. Yeah, he he gave us some comments for the episode, but he's also our latest Patreon subscriber. So thank you, Dom, uh, for 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 supporting us, and thank you everyone else for supporting us. You really, you're 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 helping us keep this this uh, Rick and Morty ghost train uh, uh, rolling, and we're gonna keep <laughs> a keep a rolling it till the night keep, ends. until seventy more episodes or something. So. <laughs> Uh, well, well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you for everybody that, that is supporting the show and sharing the show with others. Uh, let us know what you want to hear. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll go get ready for Morty night run. Uh, hopefully Dan and Justin and the gang will keep, uh, working on season four so that, uh, we, (laughs) we don't have too much time to wait by the time we're, we're done with season three our season two reviews are, um, but yeah, thank, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Travis. And I am Brandon and goodbye. One and all. <laughs> 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 <laughs>